Welcome to another episode, guys. I wanted to do a little bit of a shout out and a, a, I guess a little bit of a continuation to the interview that I did earlier with Metali Salvi on Instagram. So if you want to listen to that interview, it was a total of about an hour and a half of talking to my friend Metali Salvi from India. She's a dog trainer in um, in India and she's a uh, balanced, what we would call a balanced dog trainer. And we talked about the topic of living with nervous dogs, you know, dogs with anxiety. Apparently, that's sort of a big thing in India. A lot of dogs in India are, um, are, are nervous. India, from my understanding, is very crowded, and a lot of the, a lot of the dogs, a lot of the uh, I guess rescue or, or loose dogs happen to be very, very timid. That seems to be a big problem. And it is a problem here in the U.S. too, and I'm sure in different parts of, of the world. In the U.S., you get to see a lot, a broad range of rescue dogs. I mean, they're definitely going to see a lot of the fearful dogs. You're going to see the bold, very confident dogs too. So we spent a decent amount of time talking about that, about temperament, genetics, the difference between genetics and temperament, um, you know, why dogs are nervous, how to, you know, how to uh, live and help a dog that is nervous, how to live with and help a dog that is nervous, and what the best approach for those dogs are. So we, we talked about, we touched on counter-conditioning, desensitization, uh, training tools, confidence building. So, again, if you go to Instagram, go to uh, Metali Salvi. I believe that's at least I believe it's Metali Salvi, um, dog trainer. Yeah, Metali Salvi, dog trainer. On Instagram, if you if you look through my if you look, if you go to my profile, you're gonna see. If you scroll through the post, you'll see a, a post that I made, uh, kind of uh, scheduling the live that we did earlier today. So check it out. She still has it. She saved it on her on her uh, on her page. Good stuff. Good information. Uh, it was awesome. It was good. Good interview. I just wanted to kind of continue on a little bit. The the interview. I mean, we can't. We could talk about dogs. I know she can and I know I can. We could talk about dogs for a very long time, right? We could do this all day long. It's something that a lot of people, a lot of us, if you're listening to this podcast, um, you know, you're the probably the type of person that is fascinated by this topic. Otherwise you would you wouldn't be listening to me talking about this, rambling about this. But we could talk about this all day long and um condensing it into an hour and a half, you can only say so much. So I wanted to sort of pick up uh, where we left off just a little bit. I want to add a little bit more. And so some of the things that I wanted to add to the whole nervous dog thing is, or I wanted to expand upon rather, is that, you know, the, the nervous dogs, whether it's a nervous dog or not, you have to realize love is not the answer. It's just never, it's never the answer. Love is not the answer, okay? It's your intention. That's your intent. That's what will do it. So if I have a dog that is nervous 
and it doesn't matter how much I love it. If I if I if if my intent is to help that dog, um, then I need to do what I can to help that dog. Not love the whole thing. Oh, I I just I care about you so much, and that's why I, I want to do the best that I can. And but you're not making any effort into into improving the quality of life of that animal. You're you're just being selfish. You're just you know quote unquote loving it for you without really taking action. So it does take a little bit of education. It does take a little bit of doing things that sometimes don't always feel natural and comfortable to do. Like some of the things that I mentioned earlier that we talked about earlier was, you know, what do you do with a nervous dog when it, you know, when it's in a, uh, when it, when it's dealing with a, with a uncomfortable scenario, right? What do you do with that? Well, I said with young dogs, I want to take control of the environment as much as I can. So I want to protect that dog. I want that dog to feel safe and comfortable when it's a young dog. But then as the dog matures, I'm still going to do that. But you have to realize now that you can't you can't always shelter the dog. You can't. It's it's just not going to work. There are there are things that are going to be scary. There are things that are going to be uncomfortable. I have a client right now uh, that I've been working with them for a while, and their dog is not fearful. Um, their dog is uh, definitely on the on the bold side, and they've been making tremendous progress. Just the amount of progress that they've made with this dog is is very impressive, and it is all, you know, it's all because of the owners. It's all because of the owners. Uh, they they've done a great job. Uh, they have uh, you know they have invested their time driving up out to my place, which is not it's not a ten minute drive. It's a it's definitely a long drive. I mean they're 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 out for a while, right? And then we train, and they gotta drive back, and then they have to practice. And they've done this for a for a while now, and they have worked with other people in the past. So all of that is 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 because of them. All the progress is because of them. And some of the things that we just talked about recently with them was, you know, sometimes the dog is gonna have a a, a bad a bad day here and there. It's just it's just the nature of the beast, right? Your your dog that is trained is occasionally gonna have some bad days. It's occasionally gonna have a little bit of a you know a, a situation is going to sneak up on you where you don't have full control of the situation and now you're sort of in reactive mode. It just happens, right? It just, it, one of those things that just happens. So what I suggested to them is don't don't be too concerned about those off days and still keep doing what you're doing. Keep bringing the dog out and there are there are going to be times where things like that are going to happen. You just have to you have to deal with it. The dog has to deal with it, and we have to move through that. It's the same thing with a fearful dog, right? You, there are going to be things that are going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to be uncomfortable too. Sometimes they're not even doctrine related. There are times where I have to do things that make me uncomfortable. I have to still do them. I still have to get up and do it. 
I have to, you have to do it too. If you're listening, you have to do the same thing. There are things that you don't want to do that you know you have to do. There are things that you have to do that make you uncomfortable and, and give you stress. And you have to do them. <laughs> so the, the world can be a scary place and our dogs can handle it. Even the fearful dogs, they can handle it. They truly can. I'm not saying shove your dog in situations that are scary, but be aware that there are situations that are not ideal. And sometimes you find yourself in these situations and you can't just avoid it. You have to sometimes communicate to the dog, dear, we have to do this. I know you don't want to go outside. We have to go outside. Okay? And and love doesn't do it. You have to sometimes get dirty and you have to do it. The other thing I wanted to expand on a little bit too was I started talking about this and I started going down the rabbit hole. But I know that wasn't uh that that uh that interview wasn't the platform for it. And it's the the uh the purely positive training, right? The purely positive training um, it's just very, I, I believe the purely positive training community is divided into two two types of people, purely positive trainers. You have the purely positive trainer that doesn't know a whole lot and they they truly have their heart in the right place and they're doing the best they can with what they have, with the knowledge that they have. Because a lot of trainers start out that way. Metali started out that way. And a lot of people that I know started out that way. You start with the best that you you know that you know. You do the best that you can with what you know. And a lot of people on the pu- purely positive side are like that. Uh, th- they've been handed the misinformation about the scary tools and about the scary techniques. And it's been painted to them in a way that is horrific. And again, they they are new or, or they don't fully have the full picture. They haven't been given the full story. And again, they do the best they can with what they have. And then you have another type of people in the purely positive community. And these are the people that don't want to know Okay, they um, they're in complete denial, and a lot of times they're very hypocritical. They they truly would rather sacrifice a dog over admitting that some pressure would help the dog. I've seen that so many times. So that's the other type of purely positive trainer, right? The type of purely positive trainer, the type of person that will go, no, you should never, you should never ever, there's never any reason to put a dog under stress. There's never any reason to put a prong collar or to say no to a dog. Never any reason. Never, never, right? 
you're saying that even if this dog does something incredibly inappropriate, that one, it could be a it, it could have very bad consequences for it or for another individual, whether it's a dog or a person. You say you're saying even in that situation, you should never ever say no. You should never ever put the dog under stress, even if it's controlled or temporary. That that should never even you should never even consider a tool. Even in a situation like that, that doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense to me. All right, so if uh, if I have an option between telling a dog, "Hey, dude, you gotta knock that off. We gotta we gotta focus on this instead. You can rip that person's face off." And then you you have the whole BS of well no all 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 aggression is based in fear, which is not true. I have an episode on that, so if you wanna if you wanna look back in the previous episodes, I have uh, I think three a three part episode, so three three episodes total on the topic of aggression and that touch on fear aggression as well. So I'm not gonna go into detail with that here, but these are the type of trainers this is the type of people that would say never right never like we would rather put that dog down than put a tool on that dog and i'm not i'm not even exaggerating about that i'm i may sound like i am but i'm not i've had clients that have told that have been told by their previous purely positive trainers that have been told Hey, uh, your dog, uh, your dog will never, ever, ever go for a walk, ever go outside its front door ever again. The only time that this dog is gonna have any outside air is through the backyard by you back tying him for 15 minutes a day. And the rest of the day has to spend inside. If you have people coming over, you have to lock it in its room, but never, ever walk that dog outside. They spent over $3,000 to be told that. So what we did when when I helped them out, we introduced some rules. And we taught that dog to do something more constructive with its, with its choices. We were like, okay, here's what, here's what heel looks like. Okay, good. Now here's what heel looks like with some minor distractions. Okay, good. Now here's what heel looks like with bigger distractions. Okay, good. Now here's what heel looks like with triggers, which at the end of the day, triggers are just distractions. And to maintain that dog's focus on the task at hand, there were times where we had to use some pressure. And the pressure that we used on the dog was done in a in a manner that was very fair. It made sense to the dog. And lo and behold, after that, after a bunch of training sessions, that's exactly what was happening. They were able to walk the dog, do what they were told would never happen. In the presence of very, very distracting triggers so it can happen but your your purely positive trainers i would say never you should never do that 
they would have rather that dog never step out of its front door. Or they would have they would have suggested that dog be put down. That just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. And one one of the things that I was saying on the interview is dogs are a lot more resilient, a lot more resilient than what we give them credit for. Even the fearful ones, they are way more resilient than what we give them credit for. So that's another another piece that is very important to remember. They're dogs. They're animals. They're incredibly adaptable. They're they're very they're experts at survival. Okay, they are. They're animals very, very prepared to handle a lot, even the fearful ones. Okay? People are not. People are soft, soft as hell. But, you know, the other thing, too, I was I was thinking is, and this, I always get a kick out of this, is the uh you know the purely positive training the 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 people that are you know very anti tools and anti this and that and the other are you know they're the one thing that they love to point out is well you know we can train dolphins and whales and you know you can't say a no you can't say no you can't you can't put a a, a tool on a on a whale but then i think dude like you're talking about a whale in a pool a dolphin in a pool that is the most inhumane thing you could possibly do to an animal and you want to you want to tell me how humane you are by using the example of a pool of a whale a wild animal in a pool that is the most inhumane thing i will take the prong any day on an animal that lives a far more fulfilled life than the whale jumping through hoops for fish in a pool. Which of those is purely positive, (laughs) really? Which of those is more inhumane? You're going to tell me that the prong on my dog, the prong collar or the e-collar on my dog is more inhumane than a pool than a whale in a pool if you don't see the irony on that if you don't see the the how twisted that that uh that example is or that explanation is if you don't see how sick that is there is something wrong with you i'm reading uh don't shoot the dog right now by uh karen pryor and uh, as i'm reading it so far everything's good i haven't gotten too deep into the book yet but you know karen pryor did have a uh, sea life park in hawaii she was uh, i think the founder or she bought one already in 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 existence i don't remember exactly but she did run a sea life park in hawaii and so far throughout the book 
you know, she did mention it a couple of times. You know, when with with whales and with dolphins and with you know with tigers in cages, when you do this, you can't do that. And I'm like, hold hold on, hold on a second, back up a little bit. All right, you're telling me that. Uh, I mean, I appreciate the the example and the analogies. Again, I don't have anything bad up bad to say about the book yet the book so far is very a very informative no issues with the book yet right or might not be any issues the book might be great but uh you know i'm going back to you know the the whale and the dolphin example and the and the i believe she's she's already used the tiger or the you know the other wild animals in zoo cages as sort of analogies to explain something um, and, and again, I'm going back to, man, like we gotta, you gotta be careful with that. I, I don't like that. I just don't like that. You know, I think zoos are horrible. You know, the, um, what's the, the big sea life park right now? It's huge. Sea, uh, sea world, I believe. Yeah. Sea world. I think that's horrible just terrible i mean that's very inhumane so i just don't understand that twisted uh belief that 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 is anything humane there's nothing humane about that and the other thing too that i find sometimes ironic and and i've i've talked about this before and people always get really bent out of shape when i say this uh, but the other thing that I find a little bit ironic is, look, if you're going to be purely positive, be purely positive. If you're going to be all about animal rights, be all about animal rights. Don't be selective. Don't cherry pick, you know, what you're going to be passionate about when it comes to animal rights. You can't be, oh, you don't put a prong collar on that dog. It's It's inhumane. It's, you know, it's horrible treatment of animals. But then, like, three hours later have a burger with bacon on it that's another one that that's kind of twisted i'm like i i have i have nothing against you if you eat animals i'm okay with that eat animals that's that's your choice do whatever you want right that's your choice that's that's you know that's you i don't i'm not gonna judge you for that but if you eat animals and and then you you say that uh, that you love animals and and that and that's why you don't put a prong collar on dog on your dog because you love animals and you're all about animal rights and animal rights are great and and that you know no animal should be violated and should never say no to an animal or put it in any sort of discomfort when it comes to dogs but then later you're supporting an industry that truly tortures animals on a daily basis that that's just incredibly twisted incredibly hypocritical it doesn't make any sense okay it just doesn't make sense you can't on one breath say ban all tools because they're inhumane for animals and then the next breath go yes i'll have a i'll have a double cheeseburger with bacon on it just you know (laughs) figure it out figure figure out which way you're going to be otherwise you're just completely hypocritical hypocritical about it 
so you know again i don't care if you eat animals that's your choice when i when i've talked about this before you know i got some pushback on people going well i don't get it you're saying we're not supposed to eat animals and then people go oh you know well and you know farm animals are different we, we breed them so that we could eat them okay that's that's cool i mean i'm not saying don't eat animals that's on you i'm not here to judge anybody okay um but just be be authentic or or sh- or shut your mouth so if uh you know if you truly care about animal rights and you're going to and you're going to point your finger at me because i have an e collar on my dog and say that i torture animals but then you are eating an animal later it doesn't make sense you're you're just completely hypocritical and completely stupid that doesn't make any sense or you know don't tell me you are inhumane because you have a prong collar on your dog don't you know whales can be trained without a prong collar again you're just being stupid that doesn't make any sense you are really dumb if you if you buy into that that doesn't make any sense but the whole thing with animal rights doesn't make sense. If you listen to the interview with Bart Ballone, Bart Ballone and Michael Ballone that I did with them um, a couple of months ago or a few months ago, we talk about that a little bit. We talk about the things that have been done in the name of animal rights. Right When suddenly uh, in Belgium, the, the uh, you know, one day they were like, okay, you know, we're going to make it so that it's we're going to ban farm animals you know dogs from being farm animals because it violates animal rights so dogs will no longer do work on the farm because that's inhumane and suddenly now they would find the farmers that had working dogs for the farm so what a lot of these farmers have to do they're i mean they're farm farm dogs. What are they gonna do? A lot of them had to kill their dogs, so a lot of dogs got killed overnight because they banned the use of dogs for farm life. Okay, so in the name of animal rights, thousands of dogs were killed because you know these were farmers. Right, these were farm. Their livelihood depended on it, and it's on there. It's on the interview with Bart and Michael Ballone. We talked about that, and you know, one one of the things that they also said is, you know, they didn't care about the farmer that that you know the farmer himself that is pushing that cart, and he's old and he's in pain, and he's the one pushing. They don't care about that. They don't care about that person. They care about the dog that enjoys the work. By the way. That's what they cared about. People are just, you know, dumb. But anyway, I don't want to. I don't want to drag you down in this very, very sad topic of uh, stupid people. Uh, but I wanted to. I wanted to sort of expand a little bit on that, on the whole thing with fearful dogs, and that, and that's one of them. You know, one of those things is. Look, fearful or not, I have to hold you accountable. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to give you all the tools that I can to help you cope with your environment. And I'm going to try to increase your confidence and let you know that I'm here for you to protect you. 
But on the same token, I'm going to hold you accountable. Fearful or not, there are some things that I know you don't want to do that you have to do. So that is the thing to remember about fearful dogs. Okay, Any dog, really, not just fearful ones. But yeah. So listen to that interview. I'm going to uh, uh, maybe put a post on uh, on Instagram, or I'll, I'll put a I'll put a post if I um, you know if I post this I I always post this on YouTube, so um, I might post sort of the link if I can find a link to that, and uh, make sure you check it out again. Mitali Salvi, dog trainer, go to her profile and you should see the interview there. Uh, other than that, remember to subscribe to the youtube channel make sure you follow me on instagram facebook and check out my books go to amazon look up william garrido g-a-r-r-i-d-o and you'll see the four books on there i recently released a short uh, new malinois owner new working dog owner course online and i'm also coming up with more exclusive content that I'm going to be setting up a membership for. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you guys in the next episode.